Do you prefer your podcast to have solo narrators to two people telling private jokes? Are you looking for a podcast that is about true crimes and unsolved mysteries and not, I repeat, not two friends hanging out and rambling about nonsense? Do you like podcasts that stay on topic 100% of the time? If you answered yes to these questions and reenacted an unsolved mysteries podcast, it's not for you or the folks that left us those one-star reviews. We are just two pals who love the 1990s show Unsolved Mysteries and have no interest in actually solving mysteries from the episodes we watch and recap. Come get spooked with me, Robert, and my friend and relatively normal woman, Crystal, every two weeks as we talk stack, ghosts, UFOs, food, and occasionally crime on Reenacted and Unsolved Mysteries Podcast. Welcome to Pumpkin Spice Podcast, where we get weird, we get wild, and we have visions of monochromatic pasts. I'm Rob Schulte, and with me as always is Graham Young. Graham, no stuttering in the intro, I just came at it hard. You know, Rob, I'm never worried about you. I'm, I'm generally the one that I'm worried about. Uh, oh. You are a pro, and I, after years, have stayed in the novice territory. Um, <laughs> well, let's let's be fair to one another. Your knowledge bank is much higher than mine, and my intros have left something to be desired from time to time. Well, that sounded great. And as far as my bizarre eclectic knowledge of film, mm. uh, we have a weird one today. Yeah, weird, weird, wild stuff here on Pumpkin Spice Podcast today. Hey. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I took the ticket. I'm glad the bus dropped me off. We are watching Martin. Now, it's not 90s television show, Martin. This yeah. It's not that podcast. This is a different one. Um, Graham, now, when I look on most online sources, I see Martin, directed by George A. Romero, 1976. But other places... Have said seventy seven. Other yeah. places went as far as nineteen seventy eight, but well, it feels like seventy six is the number. Well, it's funny because like on my year ends, like I had Martin in seventy seven, but looking at Letterbox now, I guess they had recently changed it to seventy six. So this needs to be amended. Well, but wonder I wonder where that comes from because still in other places says seventy seven. I have a theory, and I think that okay. So I think letterbox rules are that you take the date of its premiere. Uh-huh. So if it played in France in 2022, it didn't come to the states until 2023. It's still a 2022 film. Gotcha. Uh, so when Martin premiered at Cannes, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know it, it'd be interesting if this did play at Cannes. Um, you know, I mean, honestly, there are I more bizarre films. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the whale was at con. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that sometime, Rob. <laughs> Give me that meatball sub. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, haven't seen the movie, but heard a lot about it. Now, well, uh, the only way to watch it, Rob, I just want to—I'll just say this about the film: the only way to watch it is that you need to get a handful of celery sticks. Ooh, okay. Okay. So whenever Brendan Fraser gets up or or 
sits up from the couch or sits back down, you crunch those celery sticks in half and you have a whole new comedy routine to go with the film. (laughs) And have my laptop right next to me the whole time. Yes, Um, and you're just like waiting with a celery in hand to break it in half as soon as he sits down. God. Uh, Great CGI. I mean, I... Winning yeah. all the awards. Uh, but we're not here to talk about the whale, even though we so easily could. We're here to talk Someday about... Someday we will. And sure. I'm going to say it's a horror film just because that was my <laughs> experience with it. But no, we're talking about Martin. Yes. And if you'd like to hear more about the whale, you can read Graham's Letterboxd review. Much like all of these films we're covering on Pumpkin Spice Podcast. Martin, what I should do, Graham, is read as I always do, the description from Letterboxd. Here we go. He could be the boy next door. Martin sedates women with a syringe full of narcotics and then slices their wrists with a razor blade so he can drink their blood. Martin, who comes to live with his uncle and cousin in the dying town of Braddock, Pennsylvania, has romantic monochrome visions of vampiric seductions and torch-lit mobs but it is impossible to tell how seriously he takes them or we take them. Yeah. Um, This is a brilliant concept. And I guess that we, okay, so we stopped in Pittsburgh, but we're now in Braddock. Yeah. Okay. They're close to each other. And and George A. Romero is from Pittsburgh. And that was the point. Sure. (laughs) Of course. Well, and there's a train stop in Pittsburgh at the beginning of this movie. So exactly. We and we were on that train. A, exactly. Oh, Lord. We, we hopped off the bus. You had to get on the train to get to Braddock. Yeah. And the we heard go there. We heard the screams of murder. And Rob and I looked at each other and just kind of kept reading our books. We just said, hey, I'm just trying to get through this train car. And people were saying, hands to yourself, mister. Yeah. You I jerk. Love You're a look- real creep. You're a real creep, sir. We're meeting our friend. Um, I think that one of my favorite thing about watching movies that are 30 plus years old is the fact that the side comments, the stuff that's not in the script, the way that people would talk. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I am being transported when it's good. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this is just like a conversation I would hear on a train. And boy, was it. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a very real film. Um, I think it's George Romero's biggest downer. This is a drive-in movie that's very melancholy. Yeah. It's, and it starts that way, right? Yeah. From the get-go. From the get-go, we have Martin attacking a woman, but we don't even know anything about the vampire storyline. We just have a guy attacking someone on a train and in a, in a like plotted way with the syringe, with everything, you know, he's a serial killer for all we know, which he is, but there's no lore to it. Yeah. I mean, this is the reason I love this film and it's a film that challenges the genre Mm. and the, and it, kind of really never gives us an answer. It gives us a lot of things to think about. Um, We'll get into the ending uh, a little bit later, 
But yeah, you're wondering, is this just a, a psychopath or is magic real? And like our main character says, there, this is the real world. There is no magic or I'm paraphrasing yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. He he says a few times throughout the movie, there is no magic. One of which being when he gets to his uncle's place and his uncle has like the garlic hanging. He's like, yes. there is no magic in that you cannot defeat me with garlic. There is no magic that vampires There's can exist. exist in the daylight. Yeah. You know. It's, um, As Gary Busey would say, what are you, a vampire with a day pass? <laughs> What's that from? Uh, his show, I'm with Busey. Oh my was, God. That was on, like I, my brother and I watched that show obsessively. I forgot and, about that show. And had I been a producer on that show, it would have been on its 25th season right now. <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever, how many years? Yeah, no, 25th, took a couple of breaks, yeah. added a couple of seasons, you know, whatever. Uh, God. So I think, to me, it's interesting mm-hmm. because Romero, this is a little under a decade since Night of the Living Dead came out. You know, everyone who's listening to this prod- podcast has probably heard or watched Night of the Living Dead, right? We know enough about it. But it's also a movie that I feel... It's really easy to follow, and the pacing is done in such a way that you want to keep going. Martin is in that, like, super late 70s, slow, trippy kind of, like, movie-making style that I don't think does the movie any favors in terms of, like, keeping the audience's interest through the pacing, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad film it's a hangout movie yeah i kind of think of like you know what blow up right and i think i've talked about that here on the podcast before oh yes gotcha yeah very slow but kind of cool it's a movie you just sort of i don't know if you can relax and cozy up with martin but it's it's like hanging out with that weird cousin that you have (laughs) <laughs> and before you go out and hang out with a cousin, your parents are like, you know, just so you know, he's a little odd, but be nice. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, but this Martin is a serial killer sure. slash vampire. But I just love Martin's approach to, I bet the studio was like, hey, you want to make a vampire movie? And so Romero was like, okay, what can I do with this? Yeah. And um, that's not ne- just Night of the Living Dead, but for vampires. Yes. And by the way, did you like George Romero in the movie as the priest, uh, clean shaven? Oh, wow. Loved him. Okay. Yeah. So I did not catch it at first, but now it's totally there. Yeah. We're so used to seeing him with this iconic beard and then later in life with the big thick rim glasses. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a time when, you know, a short period in the 70s where he was clean shaven and you wouldn't recognize him. No. I'm looking at George's film directing. And so it's Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And then in 71, there's always Vanilla, which I got to see. Love the name of that. Season of the Witch in 72. That's okay. The Crazies in Great 73. OJ Simpson, Juice on the Loose. 
in 74. The Winners, a TV series, and then, oh, The Amusement Park. Which I want to give a strong recommendation to because it stars Kuda Mm. from this movie, Martin. Yeah, yeah. And um, The Amusement Park was um, supposed to be paid for by the state movie to let people know about the elderly and what they have to go through and to educate people on what it's like to be old. And he made one of the most frightening fucking movies ever made. And it's like, I think just under an hour and it's almost like a brother sister movie to Martin. So if you do like Martin and you haven't seen the, or you need more Cuda. Yeah. Then please uh, check out the amusement park. Yeah, I need to check that out. But then it gets to Martin, so it feels like there's this couple of horror movies, a couple of, you know, things. I'm testing my directorial chops, and then we get to Martin. Yeah. And then we get to the rest of the dead movies after that. Um, Well, you get to Martin, and the studios are like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) this is just so... Do you want to go back and do zombies? Is that something... Because we want to keep you because there's success in what you make. But, like, what if we gave you a bunch of money to make another zombie movie? Yeah. And they didn't even give him a bunch of money. Sure. You know, I mean, he had access to a mall. That was pretty much it. And Tom Savini. That's all you need. Do you want to make another movie? Make it a zombie movie. (laughs) Yeah, please. Let's go back to that. Um, Now, Graham, what are your... When it comes to Martin, though, we're kind of dancing around the subject. Like, what do you think of this movie? I I love it. I love the fact that, you know, again, I've watched it so many times that I can kind of hang out with it. And that's a weird thing to say because Martin is so bizarre. Sure. Um, but there's just something about it in the way that, again, I previously stated that Romero, the way he challenges this genre and... You know, I think that uh, Martin is uh, a sociopath that has weird romanticized ideas of uh, the vampire lore to sort of make peace with the monster who he is. I think that's totally valid, and that is probably the reasoning Romero has behind the movie, right? Like, that's probably what it is. It's like, you are this terrible killer. How do you justify it to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's all well and good. I think a more fun way to watch this movie is to just say, yeah, Martin's a vampire. Yeah, just go with it. Just go with it. Yeah. And I love challenging lore. You know, I I think it's, you know, there every hack person out there can make fun of the Twilight series for a number of reasons, right? Sure. But the fans of Twilight didn't give a shit that they changed vampire lore, that the sunlight just made them kind of vaguely invisible and shiny, right? Yeah. And if you can get a fan base to go along with your adapted lore, you've already won, right? People believe your story. And I think with a couple of tweaks to this script, 
or this storyline, you could totally do the same thing for Martin. Yeah. And I don't think it needs to be spelled out for you that Martin is a vampire and here's all of the rules of how vampirism works in this universe. But like, there's a total world where you can make your own headcanon for it. Yeah. And I kind of like that. Magic doesn't exist, but vampires do. Um, how wouldn't it be great if I can't remember her name, the writer of the Twilight series, uh, Stephanie Meyer, Stephanie Meyer. She continued the Martin series, like Martin goes to community college. Oh man, that would be great. Uh, that doesn't at all tell a story of her upbringing in the church. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Martin, 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 what are we going to do with Martin? You know, it's one of those, it makes me think that like, um, long back in the day, someone murdered a bunch of people and drank their blood. Yeah. And the people that found out about this or whatever, I'm kind of rambling here. They wanted to rationalize that by telling a story like that. There's a thing out there called a vampire and it will suck your blood because this behavior is such an outlier. You know, we can say, oh, it belongs to this. So don't mm-hmm. worry, kids. Um, this you'll never have to deal with this again. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll never hear this type of behavior again. Yeah. Um, it's a way to reason uh, the monsters that human beings can actually be. Yeah. And it the same thing goes for zombies and werewolves. And like it is all a justification for, you know, f- forgive me for saying this, Graham, some people being some incredible jerks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, throughout time. Yeah. Yeah, throughout time. Uh, if you want to be a jerk, justify it with fairy tales. Yes. Call call your friend Hans up and he'll put pen to paper and make sure that everyone remembers forever in this mystical sort of way. Um. So where would you rank this as far as like one out of 10, 10 being the best, where does this fall for you? Wow. Graham, I think I'm going to need a little bit more creative of a ranking. Well, I would say like five bags of popcorn, but we're going to get a call from Tim Heidecker. So what about a, what about a level of narcotics in a syringe? Uh, Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How many, how many syringes would it take for me to, (laughs) <laughs> to, to like watch. to like Martin. How many syringes would it take for me to watch Martin again? Um whereas one is the best because I'm not drugged up. Yeah. I guess. Uh, That's a good logic. Yeah. Okay. So in this, you know, each each episode might have its own rating. In this one, to watch Martin again, I'm gonna go straight with a uh I think it would take me three syringes. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not, I'm not running to watch Martin again. And in fact, I think I'm, this is going to sound Fleeing worse. from it. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound worse than it is. So let me explain. I think this is the least fun I've had throughout all of our movies. But like every single recording, it's so worth the discussion. Yeah. Right. I like talking about it. And I think this is the one that's unbalanced on the scale of watching versus talking about. All of the others have been kind of 
right. The scales of justice have been right at zero. I've yes. enjoyed talking about it as much as I've enjoyed watching the movie. This one, I like talking about it a little bit more than I liked watching the Watching movie. it, sure. Yeah. So. Um, it's one of those things where I felt the Dead series was kind of low-hanging fruit. Oh, and, of course. You know, with Martin... I don't know. I've just been obsessed with the film. Again, strong recommendation for the uh, for the amusement park, kind of a companion piece yeah. in some way. Um, but I remember Shudder, I think, bought that, and I watched it there, and I was like, oh, my God. It, it really is just a terrifying experience, and growing old is like the worst thing that can happen to you. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to stop growing old. <laughs> I think that's my plan. Uh, Peter Pan had it right. Yeah. Um, but as far as getting into films um, where you can watch them, enjoy them or whatever, but the discussion is better um, for our bus tickets for this episode, there is uh, a little Easter egg that goes along with that. Mm. If you choose the, the wrong, the right or wrong one. Oh boy. Should we get to these bus tickets? I I probably jumped the gun there. No, did, I'm did happy to do it. I think that Martin is a a shorter film, and it kind of takes watching. You know what we should talk about before we hop on the bus, though? Okay. Is the ending. Yeah. Because we also haven't discussed it, like, through... We, we mentioned it, but, like, you know, we get these monochromatic back and fourths of like Victorian times of Martin potentially being this uh, really old vampire. Yeah. And his uncle believes this. Yeah. That's I mean, where I'm whole, a little confused, but please. It's like a family thing. Like he has to give him room and board until he kills someone. And then he's like, I'm going to stake you. Yeah. And the, his poor friend in the bathtub at the end of the film and sort of the miscommunication as far as, you know, Martin is the irony that Martin is not responsible for that. Mm -hmm. uh, Kuda thinks he is and takes him out. Um, and that extra bit of irony uh, wins me over. And I yeah. know it's not for everyone, but there is something about this film and maybe we should just let the audience decide. What do you all think? Yeah, I would love to know your thoughts on this movie. How many syringes would you give <laughs> in Every uh, the, the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Because we will be on the lookout for that. Every time you say how many syringes, I just have this image of Freddie with his uh, <laughs> syringe fingers. Hell yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, you need to do that. Well, well it's we'll because you're beautiful and bad. <laughs> yes. I... I would like to make a movie about all the Elm Street kids in Freddy's stomach or hell or wherever they go to. <laughs> and they're just like hanging out because I want to stay with those characters. Yes. You know, there's too many that, that went. The but, wizard child. I would love to see what he's up to these days. Unfortunately, none of our choices this week have anything to do with Nightmare on Elm Street, but I'm sure each of these towns has an Elm Street. Ooh, wow. You're saying that you're a novice, man. That was pro. That was pro. Well, thank you very much. I'm 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 back. Um I just watched uh The Color of Money. Oh so boy. The 
last line in the movie, and it's fantastic. Such an underrated film. You know, uh, my dad had a Color of Money framed poster in our basement. Oh, you're kidding and, me. Well, here's the funny thing. And we'll get to the bus tickets, but I yeah, yeah, like yeah. I want to hear people this. People are tuning yeah, yeah. in, right? We had a finished basement at my house. My father owned a bar throughout his entire life. Two things about my dad, Graham. Uh huh. I'm pretty sure he didn't like music, or like he didn't seek it out. Right? Okay. His bar was a rhythm and blues bar. Okay. This is the era of Mustang Sally dads, right? Yes. Um, I also don't think my dad really liked movies because never really put one on. Uh Uh-huh. Nothing like that. In our basement, there was a little wooden bar that my uncle had made us and put in the corner. There was a pool table that he had gotten from the bar that he owned that he moved down there. And there were four posters in the basement. Okay. Color of Money. Yes. Um, cocktail. Okay. He's cruise, man. He's cruising. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't think he'd seen either movie. Oh, really? Well, they're, I they're, think both, they're both bar. Bar movies. Bar movies, yeah. And then... There was a certain style of poster that was out in like the early nineties. The three D? No, it was not. It okay, wasn't magic I was guy. like, "You're that, was that, like, that's that is for us. crazy that's for us." Yeah. Um, no, it would be like the silhouette of a woman halfway between like Venetian blinds, and it would say like catnip. Or something under it. And it would be like hot pink through the Venetian blinds, but like black everything else. I'm thinking the cover to Body Double. It's very, very close. Okay. Okay. And there was two of those. And I think one was Catnip and one was something else similar. I will have to look these up. Um, Audience, if you know, please send it our way to the Pumpkin Spice Podcast Instagram account. We will post these pictures. Well, uh, um, I have to ask this question about your dad. And uh, sorry, Ben Stiller, no, I, I got to do this. Um, maybe he wasn't a fan of Color of Money. He maybe had never seen it, but I'm sure he was a fan of The Hustler of Money. Oh, <laughs> I could see that. Do you, do, do you understand the reference? Oh, I. Are you talking the magazine? <laughs> okay, no, no. So Ben Stiller. In the 1980s, right after uh-huh. uh, Color of Money, he did a riff on the movie uh, called The Hustler of Money with the dad from Frasier. Whoa, John Maloney? Yeah, or John, John Mahoney? John Mahoney plays the Paul Newman part. Oh and he's God. a bowler instead of a, um, oh my a pool God. player. You have to watch it, dude. I you will love it. up here. Okay, great. This ben is awesome. Stiller does like the best... Tom Cruise impression and this is like a young Ben Stiller <laughs> yeah. doing it you know like it's just it's just so damn good uh, enjoy and then watch Color of Money man because that's one of the best sequels ever made oh man and then watch Permanent Midnight 
Uh, yes, we're we're going to uh, Alfland, and that's not a very fun place to be. Um, did, okay. didn't, the, didn't the writer write for yeah, Alf? I'm they had to change sure. it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's like Mr. Crackers or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So where are our bus tickets taking us so we can wrap this puppy up? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So still got our ticket to Portland, Oregon. Uh-huh. We have a ticket to Guymon, Oklahoma. Okay. And we have a ticket to New Orleans, Louisiana. Hmm. Let's go to New Orleans. Uh, okay. This is something that you may regret. Oh, because good. This movie is actually one that I like scenes from, but uh-huh. I don't like it as a whole. I've had mm-hmm. friends for years telling me, oh, this is one of the best horror films ever. I love it. I love it. I've never been able to love it. And maybe you can talk some sense into me. We're going to watch 1981's The Beyond by Lucio Fulci. Okay. I have never seen this. I am interested in this. I am looking forward to it. We'll see. Yeah. It's it's a film that is very silly and Uh stupid. I think that you'll have uh, a more fun time watching it than Martin, (laughs) but you'll be scratching your head so much that you'll have a bald spot. Oh, great. uh, On your scalp. It, it really, all of Fulci's movies are, well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, that's great, Graham. Well, everyone, if you like listening to this podcast, check out some more podcasts on the Bridgeburner Collective. We've played a commercial for them and there's a lot of fun ones out there. And if you also like this podcast and would like to see other people enjoying it, I got to tell you, leave them five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and follow our social media. It'll be great. Uh, Graham, I'm looking forward to this episode and beyond. And the beyond. Well, we'll see if you say the same thing next episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Well, I will talk to you later. All right. Take it easy. Take it easy.